Somebody ought to say amen. <laughs> Praise God for uh, children and their ministry. Hey guys, we are proud of you. God for the Lord is doing in our children. Say amen. I'm anxious to get in the word and I want to invite you, if you would, uh, to get ready to turn to your Bibles to Matthew, the fourth chapter. Before I do, just want to remind you that on Sabbath afternoons at five o'clock, there is a finance, faith and finance seminar that is bound to change your life if you'll let it. And uh, we want to invite you to participate, and that will be this Sabbath afternoon at 5 o'clock, and it will be ongoing until April the 24th. Also, want to uh, just remind all of you, as you know, our 40 days of prayer uh, for the Holy Spirit will begin on uh, tomorrow. Some have asked questions, at what time will we begin? And uh, I understand that you need to make plans for a fast. You just don't roll into a fast, especially if it's dietary. So on Sunday evening at sunset, we will begin to fast. You have all day to prepare for that tomorrow. Uh, now, that's, now, when I say prepare, that's not prepare like, you know, just go buck wild and eat whatever you possibly can in before the sun sets or, you know, watch all your favorite, do a movie marathon tomorrow. <laughs> you know, and catch up on, on everything. But really, I, I feel like you ought to spend time in preparation for that, um, spiritual preparation and otherwise, so that you're ready uh, for the fast. Um, those of you who have not received your booklets, uh, the booklets will be available after the service, and uh, you can get your booklets. Also, um, I've had some questions about the diet and people, you know, asking different various questions. We, pre- we prepared sort of a little document that explains exactly what we're talking about as it relates to the diet. I don't want to get into that today. If you have any questions about it, you can see me afterwards or just go and pick up the document in the lobby or in the uh, other, the hallway area uh, to my left and your right. Uh, would you stand with me now as we uh, open up the Word of God? I have, uh, for your convenience, uh, put the text of Scripture on the screen. Uh, excited about today's message and a little nervous as well. Nervous because um, I just, when I, when I preach this kind of stuff, uh, I just know, as was last week, any way the enemy can try to steal the seed of the Word of God, he will do that. I think we kind of just think we're coming to church, we're coming to hear a preacher, you know, we enjoy our service, we'll go home, we'll eat, and we'll go about our lives. But God doesn't see it that way, and neither does the devil. The devil realizes that these moments right here can be life-changing moments. God knows that this can be a life-changing moment. All of heaven's attention is on what's going on right here, right now. And so is all of hell. And so it is incumbent upon us that we have a receptive spirit to what God wants to do. How many here today just want to be open to what God has to say today? Just want to open up my heart, God. Talk to me today, God. Deal with me. Speak to me, Father, in the name of Jesus. The text says, let's read together. Uh, Matthew 4, as you know, our series, What Did Jesus Do? is our focus. Matthew 4 says, and verse 1, together, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, He was what, everybody? He was hungry. He was hungry. He was hungry. All right? Um, Our focus today is Temptation 101. Temptation 101. Let's just bow our heads for prayer. Holy Spirit, fill this room. Shekinah glory sweet perfume. We need your presence. We need you. Holy Spirit, fill this room. Why don't you just lift that with me right now unto the Lord. Holy Spirit, fill this room. 
Shekinah glory. Shekinah glory, sweet perfume. We need your presence. We need you. Holy Spirit, fill this room. Father, we just bless you right now. Father, we just worship you right now. Father, we just pause in the program. We know we got somewhere to go, but Father, I just, I'm just, I'm glad to know that I'm standing in the presence of King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I'm humbled right now, God. I'm humbled just to know that I stand in the presence of Almighty God, and yet I'm not struck down and consumed. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessings and honor and glory and power be unto him that sits upon the throne. And I worship you with all my might, with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my strength. And God, I just want to take a moment and say thank you, God. Fill us right now, spirit of the living God. We've not come for form. We've not come for fashion. We've not come to be seen. We've not come to be heard. We came to see you. We came to hear you. God, have your way. God, the only reason why we're here today is because we're desperate. We're desperate. We're desperate for you. We're begging for you. Oh, as a deer panteth after the water, so doth our soul long for you. God, we long for you right now. God, don't hold anything back today. Pour out your spirit, God. Pour it out. Pour it out. We are thirsty for you. God, your word promised us. You said those that are hungry for righteousness shall be filled. You said if you seek for me, you will find me with all your heart. If you're seeking for God today, just lift your hands unto heaven and just call out on God right now and just ask him to supply your need. God, we need you right now. We need you right now. Holy Spirit, fill this room. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want you to go right back to Matthew, the fourth chapter. As soon as you get it, I want you to go right back to Matthew, the fourth chapter. I'm excited about today's word, and I hope you are too. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Go back there. We looked at verses one and two. Now I want to continue reading the rest of the passage of Scripture. The Bible says in verse three, the tempter came to him. You're reading in your Bibles now. The tempter came to him. Who came to him, everybody? The Bible says the tempter came to him and said, look, watch this now. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Notice what Jesus says in verse four. Jesus answered, it is what everybody? It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Verse number five says, then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Verse six, if you are the son of God, notice the same phrase, the same phrase. Did anybody notice what I just saw? Does does, does anybody paying attention today? The same thing that he said to Jesus on the first temptation. He says a sim- makes a similar statement in the second. He says, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. Now he's quoting scripture. Watch out. Where y'all at today? Listen to the preacher today. I want to expose the devil today. I want to expose him. I just know when you, when you start talking about the devil and trying to expose him, there is generally an attempt by the devil to not be exposed. Walk with the preacher just for a minute today. The word of God says first, he just says, if you're the son of God, he says, turn stones into bread. Now he has taken his temptation to another level and he's quoting scripture. He's quoting scripture. The Bible says, he says, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Verse seven, there's a little ring in the mic. There's a little ring. Verse seven, he says, Jesus answered him. It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Somebody say to the test. And then he says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Verse nine, Satan said, all these I will give you. He says, if you will bow down and do what? And worship me. In verse 10, he says, Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan. Away from me, Satan. I declare that right now. Get behind me, Satan. Away from me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve 
him only. Serve him exclusively. Let there be no other gods before you. And the Bible says, after this triplet round of, of, of teasing and temptation, the Bible says in verse 11, then the devil left him and his angels came and the Bible says they ministered to him. I want to talk about temptation today. It is amazing to me that when this subject comes up of temptation, there are some who are saying to themselves even now, oh, I hope somebody gets this word. I hope somebody is able to be blessed by this. There are some myths about temptation that I want to first start with. But before I do that, I want to make sure I'm talking to the right group of people. How many of you have ever experienced temptation before in your life? If you do, if you're here today, raise your hand. Praise God. Just want to make sure that I'm on planet Earth. Let me just start with a few myths about temptation. We want to be clear that we are in the word of God today. Notice now, there, that myth number one is that temptation itself is sin. To be tempted is not sin. What did I say, everybody? To be tempted is not sin. So let me say this. If you are under temptation, that, that does not mean anything is wrong with you. And it does not mean that God loves you any less or that you are in sin. Temptation itself is not sin. Read that with me, everybody. Temptation itself is not sin. That's a myth. That's not true. The second thing we need to understand is that we fall into temptation. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. A lot of us feel like we are above temptation, but the bottom line is some of us are not just, uh, you're not above temptation, you actually fall to temptation. How many know that the pastor is telling the truth right now? How many of you have ever fallen to temptation at least once? Praise God. Got a couple of honest folk in here. Third thing is, God is disappointed. This is a, not, this is a, un, this is a, a, a myth. In other words, it's not true. God is disappointed and displeased when we are tempted. Not true. Temptation is not sin. God is not disappointed when you are assailed with temptation. Another myth. To be strongly tempted means we are as guilty as if we had actually committed sin. Now, some of us, there are some things that tempt us that are not strong temptations. There are other things that tempt us that are very strong for us. For example, there are some things that tempt me that may not tempt Richard. There are some things that tempt Sister Haig that may not tempt uh, any of the rest of you. Know this now. There are certain temptations that are custom designed for you. And you know what it is. And you can sit here and look like you don't know all you want. But how many know that the devil is a lie? All of us have custom designed temptations for us. But you are not guilty if you feel the pressure. Someone say pressure. If you feel the pressure of temptation, you are not guilty. That just means you are still human. Next thing. We read together. We overcome. Come on now, read together. We overcome. Come on, everybody. We overcome all temptation by separation from it. There are those that feel if I can just avoid temptation, if I can just escape being around temptation, then I will be free from temptation. But so long as you live, you will be under temptation. You cannot escape temptation. Some of y'all left the world and temptations in the world. You came to the church and there's temptations here. You may not be tempted with the stuff in the world. There may not be a strip club in here. There may not be, there may not be a, 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 a drug house in here, as some would call it a trap. But, but there are new temptations in the church. Uh, there, there, are, there are temptations designed especially for the church. Uh, one temptation is to be distracted and not get along. It, it, to be divided, to not love, to not, to not learn how to treat one another with the kind of love that Jesus had. So you cannot avoid temptation. Repeat that with me. Say, I cannot. Avoid temptation. Temptation will always be with you so long as you are living and here on planet Earth. The second thing, the, la the, the last thing I want to show, and I think this is probably the biggest lie about temptation. When I am spiritually mature, I will no longer be harassed by temptation and will be tempted less than before. Now, this is where I want to bring everybody into this message. Some of us feel because we are older or old. I was uh, visiting Sister Bonner the other day, and some of you know that Sister Bonner uh, lost her husband. Sister Bonner is 80, 86 years old. She's having a birthday in April. She'll be 87. 
uh, interesting, in, what is interesting is when I was talking with her, sometimes there's an assumption, and maybe this is just me, that, that older people don't really, they, they don't got a lot to sin for. You know, they don't got nothing to do. They, I mean, they, they're past those years of temptation. But as we began to pray, Sister Bonner began to pour her heart out to God. I was amazed by this. And she began to talk about how, how much she struggles with sin and how much she struggles to remain focused on God. And she was begging God, God, come into my heart. God, help me. And I'm just amazed by this. I said, my God, thank you, God, for Sister Bonner to show me that just because I grow spiritually or get more mature, it doesn't mean that I will not any longer be tempted. The most spiritual people, oh, you need to know this. Actually, the more spiritual you become, the closer you become to Christ, the more you will be assailed with temptation. And and I need to pause here and say this. This is why. This is why the pastor often tries to emphasize that we cannot be proud and self-righteous. We cannot look down our noses judgmentally at other people because they are tempted with things that we are not. Because somebody struggles with this sin and you don't, and you struggle with something that looks nicer does not make you any more spiritual. We are all assailed with temptation and we all fall to temptation. So let's be real. Come on, say amen. There was a survey done about temptation and uh, let me share some of the results with you. A recent survey of Discipleship Journal readers ranked areas of greatest spiritual challenge to them. Check this out. They say the number one thing on the list that they're tempted with is to be materialistic. Anybody ever tempted to go inside a shopping mall or even in the grocery store and you see something you really don't need, but you get it anyway? Amen microphone stand. So this is the first thing. The second thing they said is pride. Pride. Third thing is self-centeredness. Can I get some witnesses in here? Laziness, procrastination, so forth. And now there was a tie on five and six. Anger and bitterness and sexual lust. Tempted to be angry and bitter. Many of us are tempted on a regular basis by the enemy. He whispers in our ears, don't let it go. And he will play in our mind negative things that have happened to us over and over again so he can keep us bound to fall to the temptation of remaining bitter. Remaining bitter and angry is sin. According to Galatians 5. Sexual sin and lust. And in this society that we're living in, I'm just amazed now how, uh, you know, the truth is, is we are, this is such a sexually driven culture that it's almost impossible. That's why there's so much pornography. That's why the, 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 there's so much sexual sin. I mean, it is, it's gotten out of control now. We're at a point now where people are struggling. I just heard the other day, struggling with bestiality. I was doing a seminar in New York City and had questions from couples asking about, about their marriage relationships. And, and some of them were wondering, is it all right to use pornography in, in my marriage in my bedroom? People are talking about about gross things like bondage and these kinds of things. We are in a sexually driven culture where people, uh, one of of my young people was sharing with me this Craigslist killer. Did you hear about that? This guy, this church going guy who was who was who was hooking up with women on Craigslist. And, and this one particular woman did not want to hook up with this married man, so he got mad about it, went crazy, and killed 26 women through Craigslist by hooking up with them, raping them, and killing them. And all the while, he was showing up to church every Sunday. I, I just want to start by saying, let's be real for a minute and acknowledge that we are assailed with temptation. Let's do, do one of the worst things you can do is make it seem like there's no problem when there is. Number seven, envy. People said they are tempted to be jealous and envious of others. Eight, gluttony. Too much. And number nine. Now, that's all, number nine probably should be number one. Because <clears throat> everybody lie. But everybody hate liars. Can't stand liars. Well, we all lie. Well, I didn't lie as much. It wasn't a big lie. 
a white lie, a black lie, a yellow lie, an orange lie. A lie is a lie is a lie is a lie is a lie. So this is what they are saying. Now, look, what is the meaning of temptation? What does it mean? We need to understand what it means so that we can properly understand how to resist it. The word temptation comes from the Greek word parasmos. Somebody say parasmos. Parasmos. It is used for the, for, the, for, for the word temptation, and it is also used in the word of God for trials. So notice this now. When the Bible says temptation, sometimes it could mean trials. There's a difference between temptation and there's a difference between trials. Do you understand that? Temptation and trials are not the same thing. We'll explain. The meaning of the word temptation in the original language means to put to proof. To put to what? By experiment of good or experience of evil. I'm going to illustrate in a second. To scrutinize, to scrutinize means to examine, to see what's in something. This is what temptation means, to see what's in something. Uh, to entice, somebody say entice. To discipline or to examine. The best, the best explanation of the word temptation really means to test or to try. Now, for those of you who are in school or have ever been in school, we have, we have somebody here who is a, a professor in school and somebody here is a student. Tests are given in school so that the professor or the school can know what you know. It is an attempt to find out what's in you. After all the training, after all the classes, you got to have tests. And I hate tests. Some of us struggle with tests. But tests are given to find out what's inside of you. But notice this now. Both the devil and Satan operate under this temptation word. Except that God does not tempt, God tests. Satan tempts and tries to bring you down. Now notice what the difference is. When I was in school, I thought my teachers were trying to make a fool out of me by testing me. Anybody ever heard of a pop quiz before? You walk in. You know what I'm saying? And you just know you, you're good for the day. You ain't studied nothing. And the teacher, I was in my doctoral program at Andrews. And uh, we, we have to do these notebooks. And, and we're supposed to take notes every day in class. And there were some days I would not take notes because I had a buddy of mine who would take notes. And all he would do was just email me the notes. And I would have the notes. I'm saying this is the doctoral program. They shouldn't be making us do anything. We're grown people. We'll do what we want. So one day when we came into class, thank God I took notes on this day. The professor came up and said, by the way, your notes that you have taken in this class are going to be worth 50% of your grade. He was trying to find out what was in us. Now notice now, he was not doing that to hurt us. He's saying, if you take notes, then you'll understand what this class is all about. You'll actually have learned something. That's what God does. God tests, and some of you right now are being tested beyond what you could have ever imagined. Some of you are going through things, you're experiencing things, and you're calling it the hand of the enemy, and it actually is God trying to see what's in you. But Satan, see the differences between success and failure. God tests so that he can see you so that you succeed. Satan tempts to cause you to stumble and fall. Let me give you a prime example of this. Job. Love this story. The Bible says in Job, the first chapter, that Job was a righteous man. The, the, the King James Version says he was perfect in his relationship with the Lord. The Bible says in one day, help me God, in one day, he lost his children, he lost his wealth, he lost his house. The only thing he didn't lose was his wife who was getting on his nerves at the time. He lost his health. He lost it all in a minute. Now, uh, there, there are a few of us in here who can say we've had an exact Job experience, but, but how many of you have felt like you've gotten close where everything seems to surround you at one time and, and, and all, seems, all the pressures of life seem to come on you at once? I was remarking the other day to some of the leaders in the church that it seems like deaths happen in this church in bunches and in bundles. It seems like the enemy, he doesn't, he's relentless. He doesn't just come with one thing, but he comes with another thing and he comes with something after that. And it's almost like he's trying to wear you down. But notice this now. The Bible says in the book of Job that, that before Satan began to tempt Job, he actually had to go and ask God for permission. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, be honest. Job wanted to kill, I mean, Satan wanted to kill Job. Because his walk with God disgusted Satan. And so Satan said, in his mind, he was like, let me do what I want with him. God says, you can do whatever you want, but don't take his life. So notice this now. You have two people in the spiritual realm that are responsible for what's going on in Job's life. Y'all better hear this today. Two, God is responsible and Satan. But notice now, the motive is different. Satan is trying to tempt Job to curse God and die. But God is testing Job so that he can bring glory to his name. Watch this now. Let's get a little further in this. What is the purpose of temptation? Very quickly, from Satan's perspective, it's to undermine God's plan and will. The next thing is, it's to cause us to stray from God's plan for our lives. John 10, 10 says, the enemy come in but to steal, kill, and destroy. But the word of God says of Jesus, he says, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The next thing we see is that, uh, the, the, and I, I would say that this is probably the main issue with temptation. And we see this in the book of Genesis. One of the things you'll see from this study today is that the temptation in Genesis from Satan, uh, uh, from Satan to Adam and Eve is an exact replica of what he did to Jesus. My point is, Satan doesn't change his game. He runs the same game over and over again. He's not creative. He doesn't create new things. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. He does the same things over and over again, but he, fi- he studies us, Lord Jesus. Hear this right now. Satan cannot read our minds because he's not God. He doesn't know what you're thinking. So how is it that Satan is able to design temptations just for you? I mean, if your issue is tall, dark, and handsome. This good? All right, now. Tall, dark, and handsome shows up in church. That's your thing. Nice brother, it looks like. Carries his Bible. Teaches Sabbath school. But he's got other issues. He mistreats you. He's abusive to you. He, 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 he is a hypocrite behind closed doors. But you're just so alone. And you feel like maybe I can change him. Maybe he'll get better. He's actually in church. You understand what I'm saying? Satan, but, but how does Satan know that? Is Satan reading your mind? No. Satan studies behavior. If you want to know how a person thinks, watch what they do. I'm amazed how people all the time try to disassociate their thought process from their deeds. Well, I know I did that, but I really don't feel that way. You cannot separate how you think from what you do. Well, I love the grace of God. I, I am a very merciful person, but in this situation, I did A, B, and C because, no, the bottom line is, is your deeds reflect your faith. The Bible says faith without works is dead. And, and I thank God that he is beginning to show me that if I want to change my behavior, I've got to change the way I think. So what is his job? He wants to, Lord Jesus, Satan tempts to separate us from God and get us operating independently from him. If you understand what I'm saying, let me hear you say amen. Amen. Oh, I put the wrong slides in there. How did I do that? I got the wrong thing mixed up. Plan B. Come on, say amen, somebody. I learned my lesson. (laughs) Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, how does temptation work? Turn with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Man, that thing has happened to me so much. I said, let me get me a a plan B. Come on, say amen, somebody. Plan B is the old way. Just take out your Bible. Now, James 1 tells us how temptation works. What I'm about to reveal to you right now is going to be startling. Let me ask you a question. Who tempts? Where does temptation origin, uh, where, does it, where, does it, where is its origin? Is it, who is it with? Huh? Who tempts you? Satan. I agree. I agree. But take note of this. I want you to look at uh, chapter uh, 1 of James, 
And let's go to verse 13. Watch this. The Bible says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. Amen? For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Everybody clear on that? God does not tempt, but God tests. Verse 14. But watch this. Now, amazing, amazing observation by the Holy Ghost. Understand this right now. The Bible says, but there it is on the screen. But every man is tempted when he is, watch this now. What does it say, everybody? When he is drawn away of his own lust and is enticed. Now, watch, watch it further explain. Watch it further explain. The word of God goes on to say, he says, then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Watch this. Watch this. Everybody listen. If Satan dropped dead right now, there would still be temptation. Temptation does not start with him. It starts with you. What was the dude back in the day? He had that comedy, stand-up comedy act, Bob, uh, uh, The Devil Made Me Do It, or something like that. Flip Wilson. All right, so this is what happens. Satan watches your behavior, all right? He studies you. He knows what you like. He knows what you dislike. He knows your favorite television programs. He knows what time you get up. He knows what time you go to bed. He knows who your friends are. He knows how you think. How does he know how you think? Because he, know, he studies what you do. And so Satan, and because he's desirous of causing you to be lost, he's designing strategies and ways. Now watch this now. Every day that you breathe, even right now, and this is why I don't play with worship, even right now. The devil is trying with all of his might. I wish God would just for a second just unveil our eyes and let us see the spiritual warfare that's going on right now in this room. There is, I mean, we're not just in this building. In the supernatural realm, there are demons of different orders as well as Satan who all they are supposed to do is try to cause you to sin right now. So he studies you, right? He's figuring you out, right? But watch this. How does he know to tempt you? Because he's watched your desires. Now, I found out, especially with this thing with porn and and with anger, one of my other issues, that those issues are not pre-imposed on me by the devil. It's in me. The Bible says, uh, within us dwelleth no good thing. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says that our flesh is weak in itself. Know this now. The sin thing is not outside of you. The desires to do sin are within. So not only, Lord Lord Jesus, not only are we tempted from without, but our strongest temptation comes from within. So what Satan does is he already knows what's in you because he watches you and he studies you. So what he does is he, all, he reminds you of what you already know about yourself. It's like you're standing on the edge of a cliff and he just comes and says, jump. Go ahead, jump. I know you want to. Get high. You've been sober for a little while, but you know you want it. Get angry. Hold that grudge. Don't speak to them. You know what they did to you. Walk out on your family. Walk out on your church. Do you understand what I'm saying? All he's doing It's just reiterating to you what's already inside. I rebuke the devil. Devil, leave me alone. Devil, stop. Shut up. The devil ain't going to stop doing nothing. Uh, Even when Jesus rebuked him, the devil, is is that to suggest that he no longer bothered Jesus anymore? Look, the devil ain't your problem. You are. The devil is not your problem You are. What needs to change 
It's not the devil. What needs to change is you. He's going to be who he is. But notice now, if you'll study the scriptures, you'll, you'll, you'll find out that Jesus said to Satan, he, he said, he could find nothing in me. Have you ever read that before? Talking about his victory over the enemy, his response was, he could find nothing in Lord Jesus, Lord God. God, get me to a place where, where, where you take it out of me. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? If there's anybody struggling with a sin, over the shortcoming, over something you're fighting for your life on, that's why we're fasting. That's why we're seeking God. I'm not yet apprehended. I'm like Paul today. I'm pressing for this thing. I'm not perfect. There's some things within me, and I say, God, don't fix the devil. God fix me, because if you get it out of me, he won't find nothing in me. Come on in here, somebody. First John 2.16, go there. Just because we got couples downstairs don't mean we shortchanging ourselves upstairs. Y'all better get in this word. Y'all better get excited about this word. Some of y'all hanging y'all faces. Lift up your heads and get in this word today. Oh, look, look here now. First John 2.16 uh, gives us some counsel now about the levels of temptation. The Bible says, 1 John 2.16, for all that is in the world. And he describes here are the temptations. There are three categories of temptation. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, the word of God says, is not from the Father, but is from the world. Let me just go ahead and say this. We're worldly. We're worldly. It's in us. It's in us. It's a part of who we are. Now, if you'll notice here, the Bible here is in agreement with what Satan actually did to the Lord Jesus. How many times did Satan uh, tempt Jesus in that passage of scripture that we saw? How many times? How many times did he come at him? He came at him three times. That's what we read, but know this. The Bible says that Jesus was out there for 40 days and 40 nights. The devil wasn't sitting there like this. You know, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till he finish fasting. Now know this. Satan does tempt us when we're at our weakest. But he don't avoid you when you're strong. Let me, let me tell you. When I used to fall to pornography, you know what it generally would happen? After a high spiritual experience. And some of us think we're all right. Well, I'm in church. I'm older. You know, I ain't like the young folk. My skirt ain't all. My skirt ain't all the way up. You know, past, past my, but past, past my. I was gonna say the other word. But you know, past. You know what? You know, I don't got my. My stuff ain't hanging out. And you know, just cause you. I love, Lord, help me, Jesus. Sex may not be your thing. Trying to be sexy may not be your thing, but don't, the Bible says you better take heed lest you fall. Don't sit around here and play with this thing. All, the Bible says all of us are driven by our own lusts. Don't play with this thing. Uh, no, no, let's find, let's find out what Jesus did and get out of here. Lord have mercy. There is a rule of, of interpretation that I want to give you. Well, as I was looking, go back to Matthew 4. You know, I was trying to figure out I don't know if any of you have actually studied these uh, temptations before, and um, I, I'll be honest. I, I was studying, follow my line of reasoning here. I'm trying to understand the scripture. I'm trying to understand the text. I'm trying to break this thing down. I'm like, God, show me. I want to help my folk. I want to help myself. I want, I want to be victorious when temptation comes. Anybody feel like that today? How many want to be victorious when temptation comes? I said, but God, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm really not understanding what, what these temptations are about. And you know, I figured out why. This, is, this will blow your mind. As I'm studying the passage, trying to break down each temptation, what I was doing is I was studying what Satan was saying. And one of the conclusions I came to, uh, Sister Poole, is that even the words of Satan in the Bible, I'm not smart enough to understand. 
Remember now, Satan is a deceiver, Brother Ammons. He's a deceiver. When he starts talking, it's hard to understand where he's coming from. So you know what the Lord showed me? The Lord said, he says, if you want to understand these temptations, he says, then look at what my response is to him. Watch this now. Watch this. What's the point? The way to understand how to deal with temptation is to study what God said. Y'all missed it. What I'm saying is, is if you want to understand how to deal with the enemy, you've got to be equipped in the word of God. They still ain't feeling me yet. Because we always say in church, read your Bible, study your Bible, and pray. But most of us don't do that. I was reading statistics the other day. The average Christian spends about five minutes of quality time in the Word of God. And this is why when temptation comes, we've got no power. Notice what Jesus did. Let me wrap it up. The Bible says that when Jesus was assailed by the enemy, uh, let's not even break down everything he said. The first thing that came out of Jesus' mouth was what? It is written. And notice now, Satan, or Jesus, Satan started off by saying, if you're the son of God, if you're the son of God, do this, do that. What's he trying to do? He's trying to get Jesus to question, not just doubt, yes, doubt, but doubt what? Doubt the father's love for him. In other words, it's like this. I was reading the Desire of Ages. Ellen White says that Satan tried to flip the tables on him. Remember now, Satan was kicked out of heaven and thrown to planet Earth. Now Satan is saying to Jesus, look now, you're the fallen angel. You're down here. Where's your daddy now? Aren't you the son of God? Aren't you a child of the king? Aren't you supposed to be the savior of the universe? Aren't you supposed to be the one that when you call angels, they come to your beckoning call? Man, at least get yourself something to eat. God got you out here for 40 days and you ain't had nothing to eat. You ain't no king. If you was a king, you have a table spread with steak and potatoes and, and the finest drinks. The least you can do was get you a stone and make it bread. That's his first temptation. Then he comes to him the second time, Beverly Pickens, and he's like this. He's like, all right, now, oh, so, so you want to quote scripture on me, huh? Well, guess what, Jesus? I can quote scripture too. He said, didn't it say in Psalms 91 somewhere, Jesus, that, uh, you know, if you just, all I'm telling you to do is just jump off this high cliff. And he says, didn't your daddy tell you that he would give his angels charge over you lest you even scratch your foot against the stone? And notice now, the enemy is so shrewd. God, help them today. Help them get this word today. The enemy is so shrewd. See, that's why you can't even talk with him. You're not smart enough to dialogue with him. He quoting scripture, y'all. The devil's quoting scripture. He coming to church. <laughs> and no, all the while, if your daddy loved you, why he got you out here? You ain't working, man. Economy's bad in Cleveland. God, I understand if you take what little money you have and spend it on yourself, you got to pay your mortgage. You in debt, brother. All this debt you got, God doesn't want your family to go hungry. You got to go buy groceries. Don't, don't pay your tithe. God, I understand. Don't be her friend. Don't apologize. Don't, they don't got no right treating you like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? The enemy comes rationalizing. And here's the thing. He tells us what we want to hear. Well, my dumb self, let me just go ahead and be real up in here. Well, my dumb self, I'm mad. Man, when my wife going, you know, she going to start showing me some affection. I probably should be saying this downstairs, shouldn't I? What's she going to show me some affection? I'm just showing how he rationalized. She know, she know these women in the church trying to come after me. <laughs> she, she know I'm tired. Man got needs, you know. 
I don't know what your thing is. I'm just being honest. And she goes sleep again. Man, go on and get on that computer. Just look at you something, man. Can't get nothing going on. No, man, look at the computer, man. Get you something. Telling me what I want to hear. Oh, that's not your thing? You know they ain't right. Where they've been treating you. And look, they always doing stuff. They always into stuff. They bothered so-and-so the other day. They did this to that one over there. They did this to that one over there. So, somebody got to take a stand. You ought to be the one to take that stand. Man, next time they come say something, you knock, you knock them out. Yep. Oh, see, some of y'all, y'all too holy to do that. Well, you tell them, you tell them about themselves. Cuss them out in Jesus' name. And, and, and Satan's smart. Uh, see, see, because, see, folk in the church shouldn't have to. Did you, somebody need to stand up and deal with it. Listen, one of the things I found out, especially in those situations, with people getting on, pray for them. Bless those that curse you. Love on them folk that do. What, what have you done to Jesus? That's my question today. How have you treated him? Has he ever had a case to come against you and wipe you out? Thank you, Jesus. Has he ever had a reason to come and kill you dead? Has he ever had a reason to pull back his blessings? Has he ever had a reason to wipe you off from the planet? Has he ever had a reason not to forgive your sins for the same stuff, for the, for the same temptations you fall to over and over and over again? You come down this aisle over and over with your tears. You come down this aisle and you repent and you cry out and you go back and you do the same thing. Over, he should have cut you off. But how many are glad today? How many are glad today? I can can enjoy this all by myself because I know what he's done for me. I know how gracious he's been to me. I know that he's forgiven me. Has anybody ever found themselves like the pastor in one of those situations where you know that you were wrong? You don't need nobody coming stepping all over you. You don't need nobody coming and telling you what you should have done. You need somebody to come and love you and mercy, bring mercy to you. I'm done. Look at him. I love Jesus, y'all. Forgive me. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Pastor, why are you all worked up today? Because I thank God that he makes a way of escape. Can I, can I tell you what the scripture says? See, you got to put the word. Young folk, old folk. The devil wants more than anything to tell you. It's not your time yet. Get spiritual later. Church is boring. Somebody bothers you today. Be distracted. All he's doing is trying to block the blessing of God. You're not ready. When you're ready, then do it. You know what he's saying? Go to hell right now. Go to hey, go, go on. And believe, and listen, he's just feeding our little ego and just feeding our little anger and just flying in the flame. And, and next thing you know, we done blown up. We are torch. How do we overcome? Look here. You might want to write this down. I took all this time to prepare this, so I might as well give it to you. Are you still with me? First thing about temptation you need to understand is the way to overcome temptation is you need to be prepared. If you have, you need to be prepared. First step, prepare. Before Jesus was tempted by the devil, what did he do to prepare? Talk to me. He fasted, he prayed, and guess what? He understood who he was in his father. Notice, and I know why the father did this now, because he knew what he was about to go through. One of the, the last thing that the father said to him before he went into temptation is, this is my son, I'm pleased with you. The first thing Satan says when he comes into temptation is, hey man, God ain't pleased with you. That's why he got you down here struggling. But if he had not come in prepared, he would have fallen. A lot of us think that when the temptation comes, then I'll deal with it. No, you're going to make a decision now. I will not fornicate. You're going to make a decision now. I will not be hateful. You're going to make a decision now. I will not rob God in my time. You're going to make a decision now. I will not, I will not go to places I have no business. You, got, you understand what I'm saying? You got, you got to make a determination in here right now. Yeah. Second thing. 
He operated from a place of weakness. Why would Jesus, if he knows he's about to be tempted by the devil, get himself as weak as possible? What did he do? Talk to me now. What did he do to get weak? Huh? He fasted. Now, come on, y'all. We ain't talking about a, a no TV fast. Right, this weak stuff we're doing. I'm talking about real fast. No Facebook. No television. No sports center. He said he went without food and water for 40 days. Now, the only way you can do that is if God sustains you to do it. So notice now, he is intentional. Watch this, please. Hear, please hear this. Please hear this. Please hear this. Please hear this. In dealing with temptation, Jesus intentionally got himself weak. Now, now, now how does that make sense? Shouldn't I be strong? He spiritually got strong, but he, on the natural realm, got weak. You know why? Because 1 Corinthians 10 tells, 1 Corinthians, I mean, 2 Corinthians uh, uh, 12 tells us that in our weakness, we're made strong. In other words, the way to beat temptation, look, God himself got humble about being tempted. God. In other words, he wasn't like, bring it on, devil. Come on. What you gonna do to me? I'm God. Even God himself is like, God, I need your help. Father, come to my aid. And many of us fall susceptible to temptation is because we think we bad. You think you better than that. You make statements like, I'll never. You're crazy for making them statements. Or you do stuff like, in that same text, it says, to him that thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. One of the best ways to set yourself up for temptation is to talk about other people that have fallen in sin. You know what? Devil loves hearing that. He's like, oh, whoa, look at him dogging him. Oh, look at him talking about him. Oh, look at him gossiping. Oh, I want to embarrass them. So, oh, they so weak right now. Look at them. They gossiping about each other. Come on, angels, let's go get them. Come on, demons, let's get them. Last thing. Last thing. Oh, thank you, Father. Last thing that he did to overcome temptation is that he knew the word of God. What do I mean by that? I'm not just saying quote scripture because the devil knew scripture, right? Amen. And he's the one tempting. Some of y'all know scripture, but y'all be falling all the time. I'm up here preaching and I'm falling. So it don't mean nothing what knowledge you have. The kind of knowledge about scripture that we're talking about, who's the word? Is the word a book? No, you got to know him. You got to know him. Richard, come and just play something for me now. Today, I hope that the Holy Spirit has connected with somebody. Somebody is being assailed by temptation. Let me read something to you.